0: So uh, we're looking at what was the early church like, and uh, Rob set us up brilliantly, didn't he, with just the foundation of we're adopted into God's family. If you haven't heard that, go and listen to it, just beautiful truth. And last week, Simon uh, got us to do something quite remarkable, wasn't it, wasn't it fun? Uh it was brilliant. We really had a good chew over the word of God as we looked at these little summaries through Luke of uh what what was going on in the church right then. And if last week was a good meal, this morning we get the drink. Are you thirsty? Are you? Really thirsty. That's great. I love it. I feel it. Do you know what God Is ready to pour out on us. I believe it. It's a wonderful qualification, isn't it? It says in John 7 37, if anyone is thirsty, just come to him and drink.
1: Whoever believes
0: in me, as the scriptures said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And by this, he meant what? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whom those who believed were later to receive. So it's wonderful. If you're thirsty, you can drink. If you drink, you receive. It goes in. I
1: just want to tell you, it's not hard to be full of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? It's not
0: this is not hard. This is not difficult. We have a Father in heaven who wants to pour out on us, and all he says is, would you like a drink? Isn't that great? So today, thanks, Rita. So this is much more encouraging than the heckling I got from Rita before I spoke earlier, (laughs) which was a bit like, you're rubbish. rubbish." Uh, um, So uh, thanks, Rita. Um, So I want to talk to you today about the how did that happen In the early church, how did God resource the church at its very inception, lay the foundation for how the church was to be? We came up with some incredible words last week, they were on a board just here. Things like the word powerful, visible, vibrant, growing, influential, awesome, that's what the church is. So how did that happen?
1: I mean, what was their secret? Who was their secret? Well, good news is
0: it's not much of a secret, is it? (laughs) At the end of Luke's Gospel, Jesus leaves the earth and he leaves the disciples with an instruction. He says, go to the city and wait until you're clothed in power. This was just after Jesus appears to his disciples behind closed doors and he opens their minds to all scripture. They finally understood. There's a lot of examples in the Gospels where it's very clear they haven't understood. But now they understand. They understood forgiveness. They understood what the cross was all about they understood what lay ahead of them, the Great Commission. They'd literally seen it all. They'd walked side by side with Jesus and witnessed his power. And now they not only had that experience, but they had
1: theological understanding. And yet, there was something further to come. Being clothed in power so we arrive at acts chapter 2 and in acts chapter 2 Luke
0: tells us what being clothed in power looked like for the early church they all gathered together for pentecost a day of thanksgiving in the jewish calendar they were uh, giving thanks for the wheat harvest uh, remembering the laws of moses being given, and this came at the end of 10 days of being together since Jesus left them. They didn't know that that 10 days was almost over.
1: Anybody here got an understanding of what it's like to wait for 10 days? Anybody?
0: It's funny how God brings things into our experience, isn't it? I was reading that thinking, oh, God's teaching us what waiting for 10 days is like. This is good. (laughs) Of course, we've been told, for those of you who get pinged or ponged or signed or told, um, that you have to isolate in these days. You know it's 10 days. But it feels a long time. (laughs) Feels a long time. And they didn't know that the wait was almost over. So there they are, gathered together in
1: this room. Waiting is not great. For us, we don't have to. What a joy. Uh,
0: But it can be incredibly frustrating. And and so they prayed. They did what we've been doing this morning. They worshipped. They appointed a new apostle. We haven't done that this morning. and then the Holy Spirit comes.
1: So I want you to join with me in that upper room. Oh, hang on. Oh, that's convenient. I want you you
0: join with me? I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It's only a very short passage.
1: But I want you to be in the room. Acts chapter 2 says this. On the day of Pentecost, all of the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the place where they were sitting. And then, what looked like flames Or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit
0: and began speaking in languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability.
1: Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We're here in an upper room. We're thirsty, Jesus.
0: Come and clothe us in power. Thank you, we don't have to wait. (laughs) We get to read about waiting, but now you're available to us. Thank you, Lord. You know, when God comes, there's this sound of a violent, rushing wind. It's happened a few times, actually, in the Old Testament. It struck me that before God came, there there are a few occasions when there's a mighty windstorm. He's not in it, but it means he's coming. I don't know whether you've ever been in a windstorm. And I don't know how that makes you feel or what it makes you do. I was in a mighty windstorm. It was in 1987, actually. And uh, I grew up in Kent. Uh, that's where um, my parents still live, and uh, I lived until uh, university. And in 1987, there was a very famous weather forecast. Poor, poor Michael Fish. Uh, bless him. Things that define you. And uh, he said very confidently, but don't worry, the hurricane won't hit us. And how wrong was he? Um, well, My bedroom was actually in the loft space, in a a chalet bungalow. And I was woken to hear the tiles being ripped off the roof. I tell you what, the sound of a violent wind got my attention. It's what it does. And actually... I I don't know how the disciples were praying. I don't know whether they'd yet learnt how to pray properly. You know, hands together, eyes closed. Maybe they'd adopted the position.
1: I don't know whether they'd worked on that yet. I bet you their eyes were open. I bet you when they hear that
0: wind, they start to look around. What is going on. Do you know what? God wants us to be wide-eyed and fully aware when he comes. This is not an occasion of, oh, just quietly hide away. God wants to show us things. He wants to open our minds to truth. He wants to speak life into us. And so he opens their eyes, having opened their eyes to scripture, now he's opening their eyes to what the presence of God is like. And then, with their eyes wide open, they see fire. Now, fire, right the way through the Old Testament, is a symbol of the presence of God. You look at the the burning or not burning bush. Because it wasn't burning, but there was a fire. Moses sees the fire in this bush and is like, what's going on? It's God. It's his presence. wants to speak. You see, the people of Israel in Exodus 13 being led by the pillar of fire at night. What was the pillar of fire? It was the presence of God leading them, guarding them, guiding them, taking them. So what's different now? Here we are in the upper room. What's different now? We've got our eyes wide open We see that God's coming. Now what does he do? Because the fire doesn't stay in one place. It separates out. And it lands
1: on each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. And it's different now. It's personal. It's the fire of God and the power of God and the
0: presence of God coming on them and in
1: them through the Holy Spirit. It's not external. It's now internal. Are you seeing it? These are familiar verses, but I
0: believe God wants to let this land in a new way. And what's the first thing they receive? Well, they receive power to fulfill what God has asked them to do, to share the good news of the gospel to every nation. He's waited until a time when the nations are all around them, and then he gives his gift,
1: and then they start making such a racket, this isn't quiet under their (laughs) breath. This is, oh my word, I can speak. Arabic. What? I, don't, what? I don't know what that feels like. Often when I open my mouth,
0: nonsense comes out. I know what that feels like. I'm not sure what this feels What's going on? And they are saying it so loudly that the people around are going, hey, these guys shouldn't know this. They're fishermen. They know fishing. They don't know my language. How come I can hear? And what are they saying when they're doing this? It's the gospel. This is God going, I want everyone. And so that's what comes out of their heart. And the calling of the church is not worked out through clever strategy. The calling on the church is worked out as the Holy Spirit equips us for what we need in the places that he's put us.
1: So what does he want to show us this morning? And in a little while, you'll be shocked to know that we're just
0: going to spend some time receiving from God. Sorry, I, I, I know that's going to be a surprise to you. You couldn't see that coming, okay, because normally when we speak on the Holy Spirit, coming, we just end things. We <laughs> just say, it's fine, well done, you have the head knowledge, off you go. Um, but I believe there's a couple of things that he just really wants to underline to us. He wants you to understand. He wants us to understand that God really wants to
1: fill you. Do you know that? This isn't something you have to persuade God about. He wants to fill you. That's his desire. Joel's really clear. I will pour my spirit out on all people. Anybody here, not people. You're in. He wants to pour his spirit out on
0: all people. And do you know that God does not serve half measures? In the bar of God, there is no
1: half pint glass. Everything is brimmed or running over. (laughs) God doesn't want to give you a sip. He wants to pour out his spirit on you. And it's promised to us all. So firstly,
0: God wants To do this, we're not trying to persuade God of something that He doesn't love to do. Second, and I just want to be really clear on this too, that
1: this is not something we earn. And that's a really easy thing to say. But
0: actually, the truth is sometimes. I live as though I've got to earn something from God. Am I doing well this week? Will God answer my prayer? Will he be with me? That's not how the early church was. The early church knew that they could all receive, that this was not for a special few,
1: and if you're a believer in Jesus, then this is your Inheritance. In Luke
0: eleven, Luke says, Look, everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Talks about fathers giving good gifts though they're evil, and then he says, So how much more will your father in
1: heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Earn it. No. who ask. Here's the threshold for receiving the Spirit of God. This is it. You need to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you ask, your heavenly Father has good gifts to give you
0: and the very best gift is himself the very presence of God in the Holy Spirit living in you
1: and the third thing that I want to share is just very simply you do know he's good don't you he's good This verse says, how much
0: more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's talking about giving good gifts. The Holy Spirit is good. That's how he's characterized here. He could have chosen to say awesome. We talked about that. He could have said said, scary. He could have have said he's good. And his gifts are good for you. They equip you and me to do every good thing that he asks us to do and gives us opportunity to do. This is how God equips us to live out our calling. Nobody here, please don't try to do it by yourself. That's just not what the the early church, (laughs) they had a source of power. It Wasn't it helpful to hear from Simon, to have that time span unfold to us, to say, look, it's a few verses, but this was nine years. It's a couple of chapters, but this was the next 20 years. And over that period, they continued to drink deeply on the Spirit of God as they saw day after day, situation after situation, week after week, month after month. The kingdom of God advancing. And the presence of the power
1: of God being present with them. He's good each and every day. In the small things. He
0: cares about the details. Okay, you may not be performing
1: miracles on a daily basis. On the other hand, you might. What's God got for you? Ask. Receive. The Holy Spirit equips us, and He is good. So what's the barrier then? Well, I don't know about you. I can speak personally. I think sometimes I, f- I feel like, yeah,
0: today, whoa, living in the presence of God. I tell you,
1: Thursday. Praying with my school. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are we worried at all about losing control? Can I just say that you're one of the most
0: honest churches that I've... <laughs> There's lots of people, very quietly.
1: is a real issue for us. Isn't it? What if we lose control? What if we find ourselves somewhere that's really scary? What if we find ourselves out of our depth? What if we find ourselves vulnerable? What if it all goes wrong? What if God doesn't turn up? This is real stuff. I heard uh, of
0: a a guy who went to church plant in South Africa and he went into a new township and uh, on arrival in the township, he asked them to bring out anyone who was ill and they brought a blind person to him. And he said, right, bring out your witch doctors, bring out your sorcerers, bring out whoever it is in your village that, that treats this stuff. He said, you... You pray for them. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for them. They're going to see, and then you'll know Jesus is real. And so everyone came. I think this is called high-stakes evangelism. <laughs> okay? And, of course, they, they cast their spells, and they do whatever they're doing, and nothing happens. And this
1: person says, now, you know, if nothing happens now, I'm a liar. I have no truth to bring to you. And then praise. And they receive their sight. And a church is planted. Sometimes we do need to get well out of our comfort zones, folks. It's been an uncomfortable couple of
0: years, hasn't it? You know, we've experienced stuff that's just uncomfortable. We need to be okay being uncomfortable. Being part of the early church was not comfortable. They were in an oppressive time.
1: They were persecuted. Are you ready for a bit of discomfort? And besides which, I've got a bit of maybe bad news for you. if, If you fear losing control. Because I believe we already have. I believe that there was an exchange that took place for
0: any of us who are Christians here who would say we follow Jesus.
1: And that when that exchange took place, we lost control. Don't get me wrong, we did well. We, we brought to the deal our sin
0: and our shame and our brokenness and our pain and our inadequacies and everything that we had ever done, doing or will do.
1: And we handed that to Jesus. And he took most of it, all of it, and in exchange he gave us a crown on our heads. He
0: put new robes of righteousness on us He adopted us into his family, see Rob's talk. And we are now his. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are part of a royal family. Yes. And
1: with being part of the royal family comes royal privilege and expectation. It's part of being the royal family. You're in. But you have lost control. (laughs) You know, there's a phrase that says, um, we let Jesus into our lives.
0: You might hear that sometimes. And and I'm not too much a fan of playing around with semantics and reading too much into these things. But there is a big difference between letting Jesus into your life and giving your life to Jesus. Big difference. This one, he gets to go and sit in the lounge while you make him drinks. And serve him, to I've let him in. He's in. I'm, I'm going to make him comfy. I'm not going to leave him in the kitchen. That, that might be cold. But, you know, there'll be cakes. That'll be okay. But I can, I can also go to other places. And it's okay because Jesus is, is in the box. That is not the deal. That is not the salvation that we've been bought. When, when we become Christians, when we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, oh, how
1: wonderful he takes all of me and all of you. We're his.
0: We were bought with a price. Now you've been bought with a price. You are his and you will be amazed at what he can do with you. I'm amazed at what he's done with me. My mum used to have to lock the car door and drive away to get me to
1: stay at school. I was difficult. When I tell people this, they go, but Mark, you're so confident. I don't know how. This is God.
0: It's not me. It's his spirit that lives in me. It's his spirit that lives in you, that has sent you to the families and to the communities and to the workplaces and to the friendship groups that you've got to bring the power of God into people's lives. Have you given your life to him to experience his goodness? To know his outpouring on a daily basis. This is what it's like in the early church. This is what it's like for us today. Come on. He needs us to be thirsty, people. And of course we need to be refilled. This isn't just once. And uh, His invitation is, look, come to me and drink. If you're thirsty, drink. If you feel dry and a little bit pushed out, just come to me and drink. Turn your mobile phone off and come and have a drink. (laughs) Turn the TV off, come and have a drink.
1: Terry Virgo, I think, once said, that alcoholics have drinks everywhere. In the desk drawer at work, come and have a drink. My PA thinks I'm working all the time. I'm just drinking. In the most responsible of ways. And it's
0: just wonderful what God can do because His purpose for us, as it was for the early church, is to enable us to fulfill the call that He's put on us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to equip us and empower us and resource us to live individually and corporately for Him. And to take the good news of the gospel,
1: the good news of the gospel to every tongue, tribe, people, nation, everywhere, everywhere. So here we are, in an upper room. Shall I invite the Holy Spirit to come? Are you thirsty? He's good. Can I invite you to stand?